are digital nomads. We work anywhere. We're not limited by location. We're not limited by self-belief. We are works in progress. I'm Beck Power, and this is the Nomad Me Podcast. What is up, guys? Today I have the pleasure of interviewing Ricky Shetty. He is the owner-operator of Daddy Blogger, daddyblogger.com. Um, he writes about parenting and uh, and family travel with kids. It's uh, not something that I talk about or cover. Uh, we haven't covered this on the podcast yet, so I'm really excited to uh, bring this one to you guys. I know some of you guys have kids. It's relevant. Um, and, yeah, it's an exciting thing to talk about. Ricky and his family are currently traveling. Uh, we covered that as well. There's lots of – man, there's so many things that we try, we cover on here. I definitely need to have him back because there were a lot of topics. Uh, but I hope you enjoy it. This is Ricky Shetty. What's up, Ricky? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Beck? I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing so well, man. I'm excited to have you on here. You're the first uh, first person we've got on here talking about family travel. I'm excited and I'm honored and I'm privileged to be that first person who's talking about being a digital nomad traveling family. What a pleasure <laughs> and a joy. All right, man. Well, like let's let's just jump straight in. And why don't you tell our listeners like. How, what you exactly what you do right now and how how it works yeah so what i'm most famous for is the website it's called daddyblogger.com and i've been writing on that website for five years uh, since uh, december 1st 2012 wow. and I, I started that back in my hometown of vancouver bc canada and uh it kind of blew up at the beginning i was just writing about okay this is what it means to be a dad i'm going to leave a, a legacy for my kids i'm going to inspire some dads and all of a sudden i shot to the top of google so when you search for search for like daddy blogger or dad blog or fatherhood. I'm uh, way up there, like usually number one, uh, first page, first position. So wow. all of a sudden, I've got all this organic traffic coming in. And then, uh, then my YouTube channel blew up. So now my YouTube channel is at like 4 million views and my social media is like 100,000 followers. So I started very small in Vancouver. Uh, and then now it's grown quite big into, I guess, like a little, little mini Ricky Shetty daddy blogger empire. And uh, yeah, I, I totally love inspiring other dads and the focus is fatherhood and family travel wow man that's really impressive let me, tell me how you got started doing that like i know that you like actually let me let me clarify when you started blogging were you traveling or when did you start doing the nomad thing yeah so i was a nomad in my 20s but i was a different type of uh, nomad i was doing the working holiday visa nomad uh, strategy uh so i was working in uh London, England, in my 20s, then I traveled around Europe. Then I worked in Australia, and I traveled around Australia, and I did uh, your neck of the woods over there in New Zealand. And mm-hmm. then I taught English in Japan, and then I ended up traveling around Asia. Uh, but the problem with that strategy, the working holiday strategy, is I like work, travel, run out of money. Uh, so I actually returned to Vancouver uh, for about a period of about seven or eight years. And that's when, um, you know, those big life uh, events happened. So I met my wife. We dated, we got engaged, we got married, we had kid number one, kid number two, kid number three. And around the time that we were having kid number three, I started really to have that travel yearning uh, that I had in my 20s. Uh, and I, I, when I had my first kid, I was like 36. So in my mid-30s, I was like, okay, I'm a dad now. We have a home in the suburbs. But what about the sense of adventure and travel? So I suggested to my wife, I was like, hey, you know, we've had these two kids and you've, uh, you've done the math leave thing and taking care of them. I'm like, how about for kid number three, let's do the math leave thing, but let's do it when we're traveling. Uh, so in Canada, for those of your listeners who don't know, we have one year paid maternity leave. So for the whole year, my wife's had the time off and she's getting her regular salary. So 
how many times can you say you have the time freedom and the money freedom, right? And of course, the location freedom. So what we ended up doing is leaving at the start of our math leave, uh, close to the start of our math leave, and then uh, traveling. So uh, we have been nomadic for uh, just over a year now. And um, um, I started a blog pre-nomadism. <laughs> so I started a blog when I just had my first daughter and I was writing about just local road trips and trips to Canada and the U.S., Mm -hmm. But not to the grand scale, like now we've been traveling, you know, continuously uh, for like, uh, you know, a year plus and travel to, now I'm at like 80 countries, that's my co country count, if you want to call it that, wow. six continents and like, I think over 700 cities. So, uh, and our goal, I actually have a big goal, uh, Beck, it's uh, to be the first family to visit every single country in the world. Wow, that's super cool. Great goal. Yes, thank you. Um, it's so cool. So, I was going to ask you, what did you do for work, but you were just on... The maternity maternity leave, dude. That's genius. Yeah, that was for my wife. I mean, that was my wife's uh, kind of uh, side of the salary equation. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was an event producer, so I was running uh, big events in Canada. I would be running conferences, and um, uh, there would be focused on social media and blogging, internet marketing. But wow. already, I was doing internet marketing when I was in Canada. So I was already doing like uh, blogging. I was doing private coaching, mastermind groups, online courses. Um, so I pretty much took my um, online business and took it on the road. And the event production, I, uh, I actually handed over to some friends and colleagues that were already running events with me. So some of those are still running, actually, even in my absence, which is always a cool thing to have the legacy that continues beyond me. Uh, but yeah, right now I'm uh, doing 100% online, even though I still do events when we're traveling. Like I, I ran a workshop in Colombia. I ran one in Peru. I'm actually speaking at a digital nomad house tomorrow here in San Juan del Sur, Nicaragua. So I'm still offline events because I have a big affinity for connecting face-to-face -face in person, not just virtually online. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, do you, so you organize these events. How do you organize them? Yeah, so a great question, great question. This might be really useful for people who are uh, of that persuasion wanting to run events and retreats and workshops in a foreign country that's not of their own. So what I usually do um, is I partner with a local person. So I, when I was going to Medellin, which is a big digital hotspot, I actually um, had a common friend who had been there and I, uh, I said, hey, I'm interested in doing a workshop there. Can you connect me with some local people? He's like, oh, yeah, 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 talk to my friend. Um, shout out to Mauricio. And um, basically Mauricio helped me organize the whole thing. He found the venue. Uh, he helped me market it on his social media and to the network. And I was able to more or less show up and teach. Um, I did some marketing as well. And uh, I, I was in Medellin for over a month. So I was able to do some talks pre-workshop and then get the last minute word out there. But I would say the biggest piece of advice there is to connect and partner with a local person, maybe doing a profit split or an affiliate uh, split or a commission split of some kind. Um, and then, uh, for example, tomorrow, when I'm, I'm going to be speaking, I actually partnered with the Digital Nomad House, and they hold a weekly talk, so it's called Nomad Talk. So I just reach out to them. I'm like, hey, I'm in the area, and are you looking for a speaker? And they're like, yeah, yeah, are you free next Thursday? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So I'm, all, always, the, I'm always continuously looking for those kind of partnerships, speaking opportunities, or opportunities to uh, present or run workshops and events. So when I speak tomorrow, I'll actually be, uh, um, at the end of it, I'll be like, hey, if you like what I said, if you're interested in starting your own travel blog, well, this Saturday, I'm going to be running a one-day workshop. Uh, if you're interested, come talk to me then in my talk. So I'm already uh, potentially going to have a workshop this Saturday, uh, as long as obviously people sign up. So I guess it's a lot of it's, uh, honestly, it's a little bit of impromptu, 
and uh, I would say the power of partnerships. Epic, that's really great information, thanks. So no worries, no what would you say your um, income split is now, uh, more or less? Mm -hmm. between your events and your online stuff like does your youtube channel make a lot like how what's your what makes you the most money and what makes you uh nearly the most money etc yeah i use a term it's called patchwork income and i've split my income streams into about seven um which are both active and passive so i think when you think of the multiple streams of online income approach mm -hmm. you got to break it down into the active income streams and the passive ones so i have uh, four active ones and the biggest one you mentioned, uh, you know, which is the biggest uh, in terms of the, um, I guess the proportion mm -hmm. uh, is coaching. I do private one-on-one -on -one coaching and then I do mastermind groups. Um, and then I do, um, online courses, um, uh, virtual summits and, uh, affiliate marketing, YouTube, YouTube ad revenue. And, um, there's a travel blogging, um, it's called sponsored posts. That's when a company, they'll reach out to you and they'll either send you a product to review for free or they'll pay you or they'll do both. They'll send you the product and they'll pay you. So the active income includes my travel blogging in terms of the sponsored post, includes my private one-on-one -on -one coaching and my uh, mastermind, which is a weekly paid mastermind. And then the passive income includes uh, the affiliate marketing. I have a Kindle book and then um, YouTube ad revenue and my Udemy courses. I actually have four Udemy courses. So those are, that's, that's more or less the, the income streams, the four passive or four active, roughly. This is really great, man. I feel like I could just talk to you about all this stuff forever. Like there's so much good info that I know you've got, but like, I know that we, I've got you on here to talk about family. <laughs> family no, we can talk about anything for as long as we want, because I'm super passionate about it as well, Beck. No worries. I'll definitely have to have you on the podcast again so we can cover loads more stuff. Um, I had a question for you about your kids. Like how, how does the education for them work? Can you tell me about homeschooling? Yes, definitely, definitely. So I think as parents, uh, one of the biggest struggles when you're making this decision about traveling the world is obviously the income. How are you going to fund the whole thing? And then the second thing is how are you going to school them and how are you going to socialize them? Mm. Um, so our kids are young. Uh, we have a five-year-old daughter. We have a four-year-old son. And then we have a one-year-old uh, one son. So obviously with the one-year-old, uh, no schooling yet. With the four and five-year-old, we're looking at what are the skills that would be, they'll be learning if they were in a school back home. So right now, my daughter would be learning reading and writing. Uh, so we're able to teach those skills through uh, things like YouTube videos. Uh, there's a great uh, resource for parents uh, who might be some of your listeners. It's called Khan Academy. The founder's name is Khan, and then he started a school, so it's called Khan Academy. Uh, so you can take a look at Khan Academy for a resource. When, uh, and also, I'll kind of define the different types of schooling um, for those of you who aren't in the knowing about the different types. Mm -hmm. One is unschooling. So that means basically no formal education whatsoever. Then there's homeschooling, which means you're basically following a curriculum, you're following a, you know, a structure and a system, and you're basically still schooling them uh, through different resources. Then there's this whole term called like world schooling, which is basically you're educating them, but based on more of their interests. And another term for that is uh, self-directed learning. So if, you're, if, you're, if your son or daughter is really interested in geography, or if they're interested in history, or if they're interested in economics, you're looking for ways that you can teach that through real life uh, situations. Like the, if they're interested in economics or mathematics, you'll teach them through the currencies. If they're interested in like geography, obviously you pull out the map and you'll, you'll show them that, right? Or if you're interested in history, you'll take them to all the, the museums and the cultural attractions. So you're looking for what is their interest and how can you 
um, nurture that and how can you support what their interests are. So it's not the teacher, the school, the academic uh, programming that is directing their learning, it's them. And you are just there to support them. So I, I'm actually a fan of that model, the self-directed approach, uh, self-directed learning approach. And then there's the whole, uh, obviously, traditional schooling where maybe you're just taking a year off, you take a year off and they just don't go to school for a year. Uh, you just make sure that they, they're at least up to par with their mathematics, um, uh, their reading, writing, et cetera, and then they miss a year of school and then they go back. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's other model where maybe the parents have become expats and they're living in Bali or Thailand or Colombia or anywhere else in the world and you just put them in a, in a school with local kids or maybe an international school. So that's more or less the spectrum and there's different variations. You can obviously pick and choose and choose your own adventure, your educational adventure from those, uh, those uh, different uh, approaches, educational approaches. Mm. Awesome, man. I really appreciate that. We'll have those links. If you're listening, you're interested in those uh, different types of schooling, we'll put those links on, the sh on Ricky's show notes page. Ricky, what are some struggles that you've had traveling with your family? Like, can we hear like either a story or like just some times when things haven't been going sublimely? Yeah, you know, every day is a struggle, so to speak, but every day is a joy and a blessing too. I, and I'm glad you uh, asked me that question. I'm glad that we can focus on that part of being a digital nomad too, because I think uh, and uh, I see a lot of digital nomads, they talk about the good stuff, the life on the beach, the mojitos at the beach. Um, they you know, you'll see the Instagram models and you'll say, okay, their life is so amazing. You know, like I want, the, I want a life just like them. Well, you don't, uh, you don't see how long it, take, it took them to, uh, to, to take that picture or how they had a fight with their boyfriend before they took the picture or how, how they felt when they didn't get as many likes as they, they, they wish they had, right? So there's all these emotions that go into everyday life, but I think those emotions get accentuated when you're on the road. So there are a lot of struggles, and I think obviously with traveling with kids, those normal struggles get accentuated to the, you know, the nth, nth degree. Um, so I would say some of our struggles um, are, um, you know, the typical one I think most nomads will say is the Wi-Fi. <laughs> you know, it's very hard to get consistent, stable, reliable Wi-Fi in any part of the world, uh, maybe unless you're in like Western countries. Uh, or if you're like focusing on co-working spaces or digital nomad houses, I mean, then you're going to have obviously much more stable Wi-Fi. If you're staying in hot hotels, if you're staying in hostels, Airbnbs, homestays, those... Um, options definitely leave you with inconsistent Wi-Fi. So a big hint there, a big tip there would be to email um, the place that you're staying in. If you're, for example, renting your Airbnb, you'd say, hey, would you mind doing a quick speed test and then doing a screenshot and sending it back to me? And most people will say yes uh, to, do that, to doing that for you, especially if you're doing things like coaching calls, or if you're teaching English online, or if you're doing things like what you and I are doing, podcasting, mm -hmm. you definitely need uh, that strong bandwidth. Um, the other things, uh, obviously, the income, uh, you know, like that, uh, at times, unstable. So it's very hard to uh, predict your plans when you don't have the consistent, stable income like you would if you had a regular 95 job and you have an employer and they're paying you regularly. And I think um, that income struggle is very common amongst the nomad world, but it doesn't get spoken of. A lot of people don't want to admit, oh, I'm really struggling with the income this month or I don't know what to do. So uh, I think people brush that over and I think it's very important to... Um, allude to the fact that a lot of nomads actually struggle. And I, 
I heard some stats like a lot of nomads are living be below the, uh, you know, the poverty level and they're eating like ramen noodles all the time and bread and the jam and maybe some Nutella if you're in for a treat, right? So I think a lot of nomads struggle with the whole income side of things when they're on the road. Mm. And I would say the so one is kind of the logistical variable with the Wi-Fi, et cetera. One is the financial uh, struggle. And the third struggle I would say is more of the community struggle or the isolation struggle. Um, and we face this as a traveling family, is how do we socialize our kids? How can we make sure their friendships and how can we make sure they connect beyond the playground uh, connection? Or, and even as us as adults, how can we make sure we connect with people, not just in a hostel or, or just in passing, but how do we make deep, solid, lasting, long-term relationships? And this uh, is very hard. I mean, obviously, it's social media. You can have some superficial type of relationship but it doesn't have the depth that we need as humans. Um, I mean, staying at digital nomad houses, uh, staying at hostels, that helps to some degree. Going to meetup groups or doing couch surfing or uh, being a part of expat community, that helps to some degree. Um, but I would say uh, definitely socialization has been one of the hardest challenges. Mm -hmm. One of the ways we've overcome that is by volunteering when we travel. So we actually stay in a lot of orphanages. Uh, we've partnered with IWAM, um, which is Youth with a Mission, and we've partnered with um, SOS Children's Villages, which is orphanages around the world. So we stay at different orphanages, and then our kids get to connect with other kids, and they get to uh, connect through the power of play. So these are some of the ways we, we, we've tried to figure out how to solve these problems. But those are just some of them, the, 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 the logistical problems, the financial problems, and the socialization problems. All right, epic. That's really good information. I'm sure that um, a lot of people will be helped out with that. Thank you. Are you ready for the quick fire round? I am ready. Let's uh, fire away. All right, cool. Um, what is your favorite country to nomad in so far? So far, I mean, my favorite country just to travel in is South Africa. But because of the poor Wi-Fi in South Africa, it wouldn't be my first play, uh, first point of pick, point of choice for being a nomad in. I would say Colombia. Because of the, the, the city called Medellin, it's become the biggest digital nomad hotspot in all of the Americas, in, in South and Central America. I would say it's only third to maybe a place like Bali or Chiang Mai. And Medellin's definitely up in the top three. Um, so I would say by, in a heartbeat, uh, Medellin, Colombia is uh, my pick a choice for the digital nomad hotspot. Epic, cool. What's a book that you've enjoyed lately? Yeah, great question. I, I'm actually not reading as much as I should when I'm traveling. I'm mostly reading The Lonely Planet. But uh, one of my favorite books uh, in general, um, one I recommend to a lot of people, is The Start With Why. It's not just a book, but it's the concept of starting any business, any blog, um, any kind of venture, even, even traveling, with the point of why. Why are you traveling? Why are you starting a business? Why are you becoming an entrepreneur? Why do you want to... Uh, why do you want to be a blogger, right? So figure out this core purpose, and that's going to be actually what drives you through the previous question we answered earlier, is like those struggles. If you have a strong why, those kind of like those, uh, those obstacles will be much easier to overcome when your why propels you forward. Great, great answer. Um, what is one thing you can't live without? Oh, I mean, uh, I didn't know if I'm a colleague thing, my wife and kids, yeah, but those yeah. are things, right? Uh, you know, like, uh, obviously, uh, you know, like any techie, uh, like, uh, is my uh, laptop and my, uh, my, my trusted iPhone. I'm a big Apple junkie, so I have all Apple products. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, any, anything Apple, I, I, I struggle to live with anything besides Apple. Like if I, if I try any other, any other device like Samsung or Android, I'm like, ah, but you know, I'm so, so ingrained <laughs> in the Apple ecosystem that uh, once you go Apple, you can't go back. That's right. Once you go Mac, you can go back, I think they say. That's right. Me too. I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, what, was there a point when you were traveling where you thought, I've made it. This is, this, I'm living the dream right now. And what point was that? Right now, you know, like every single moment, like even when you ask me the question, I'm like, I am living the dream. I'm here in San Juan, Nicaragua, San Juan del Sur, Nicaragua, talking about being a digital nomad. Uh, two years ago, I was in my hometown of Vancouver, BC, Canada, and I was depressed. I was like, I wish I could travel. I wish I could be a nomad. And now I'm actually living the dream, so to speak, right? And I'm living what very few people in the world get to do in terms of work and in terms of just being able to leave their home country. Like I'm here in Nicaragua and even the, the homestay family we stayed with, they live one hour from the border to Costa Rica and guess what? They've never actually left their own country and they're literally one hour bus ride from the border and that actually leaves me in tears. I'm like, oh man, I've been to 80 countries and this family who I'm staying with, I, I actually wanted just like pay for the tickets, let's go across the border, let's see another country, right? Mm -hmm. So just the fact that we're able to travel is such a great privilege and uh, I'm so, so grateful for every single city, every single country, every new experience, uh, you know, is definitely a great honor and a privilege to be able to live this life. Awesome. Um, let's just finish with your advice for other people who have families I know I definitely hear all the time about, you know, I've got kids and I can't go because of blah, blah, blah. What's your advice to people who are thinking about it, but maybe nervous about traveling with their kids? Yes, it's perfectly normal to be nervous to travel with kids. I'm nervous every single day about my kids. What if they break an arm or leg? What if they get kidnapped? What if, uh, you know, something happens and we, 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 can't, we can't deal with it, right? But there's hospitals everywhere in the world. Uh, there's people who speak English everywhere in the world. There's a support and help. And people are kind. People are generous. People want to help. So uh, I wouldn't worry about the, like the, those extreme scenarios like, oh, what if we get kidnapped? Or what if uh, there's a, uh, like a fatal disease that's going to kill us all? Or, you know, like yeah. those things are so extreme and far in between. It's probably not going to happen to you, you know. So don't worry about that. But I would say um, do trial runs. Maybe just doing road trips in your province or state, or maybe it's doing a, a visit to a country you feel more comfortable in. Like we're doing Latin America, which is full of Spanish and we've had to learn Spanish, but maybe you need to travel to an English speaking country on the other side of the world, like New Zealand or England, or, uh, you know, like I know, like I'm speaking from a North American perspective when I say that, but uh, going to another place that's on the opposite side of the world from you, but that maybe speaks on the, uh, the same language might be a good first step. And maybe starting with a shorter trip, maybe doing it for two weeks or three weeks and then kind of working the travel muscle. So then, then you'll be feeling comfortable or confident to do something like six months, a year. And then once you do the year one, you'll be hooked for life. You'll be like, why was I living in the suburb? And why did I want to follow the system and the structure that society puts on us? Because this world is amazing and I want to see it all. <laughs> I love it, man. I really appreciate your uh, your attitude and, and the stories that you've told us, the advice you've given today. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, you're so welcome. As uh, you know, it's always a pleasure to talk about this topic. And even if I help just one person listening on the podcast, it'll be all worth it uh, for me. All right. Where can people find you online? Uh, I know you've got your daddyblogger.com blog. We'll have mm -hmm. that on the show notes page. What, what other links do you want to throw at us? 
Yeah, you know, if you go to daddyblogger.com, uh, you'll be able to link to everything else I do. I have, a, like I said, a strong YouTube channel. I have my Facebook uh, page. I have my Twitter, my Instagram. But everything links from that one epicenter. So I want everyone to go to my website. I don't want people to go to the social media first. Come to my website. Visit me there. And I'd love to connect. And I'm all about giving back, helping. I'd love to support you. No matter what your obstacle or fears might be, I've had them too. And I've somehow figured to overcome them to some degree. And there will definitely be more obstacles and more challenges. And I, I welcome and embrace them with open arms. So I'm here for you. Uh, to any of your listeners, your community, I would love to help you out. Check out daddyblogger.com. Thanks for tuning in today. If you love Nomad Me, make sure to leave your good review on iTunes. Every week, I select a reviewer to win a lifetime Nomad Fly membership for free. All the show notes can be found at digitalnomad.me. See you tomorrow.